one of the only things I had in mind was going for rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I knew I had experience under my belt with the sales, with managing crews, with teaching people, uh, that, that kind of first taste I had at it, I had failed a lot at different things. Right. You know, that was probably one of the hardest things is, you know, falling on my face and getting back up. And so I knew I had failed at a lot of those things, but in the end, I had also learned a lot of things in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I felt more comfortable in kind of, you know, believing myself to go for that, go for that goal, because I just had a lot of that experience under my belt. And so moving in, you know, really, I just wanted to be in the end, you know, number one. <laughs> Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I have the opportunity to have our Rookie Operator of the Year, Cade Savoy from Fredericton, who is going to complete $330,000, $340,000 worth of business. We pre-recorded this on August 10th. The banquet is uh, on the 25th. We're going to post this after the banquet as a, as a tribute to Cade and his success this season. And really, really uh, amazing. It really speaks to one of the things that's really shifted over the last decade in our business is as we've been growing bigger and bigger businesses for veterans and rookies, um, you know, our rookie, the average rookies business, you know, I know 10, 12 years ago, the top rookie was uh, 160,000 and, you know, Cade's just going to do 330 and Justin Georgopoulos last year did 460. And so our, our, our top veterans have done like 500 and 610 and Justin Georgopoulos looks like he's going to do over a million dollars. Well, one of the ways to do that is developing leaders in your business. And you'll hear in this conversation how Cade was developed as a painter in his first year became a production manager, sales manager, operations manager in his second year. And then this is his third year. He, but his first year running his business was able to run just a much, much bigger business and more profitable and more seamless with all sorts of amazing people in his business because of that experience. And it's one of the things that's really been happening to, to grow our averages. Our average this year will be over $90,000 for rookie operators you know, and that's that's just incredible. Our company average will be $130,000, $140,000. I'm speaking all painting numbers. The, the window cleaning uh, numbers are different, and the window cleaning numbers are similar uh, in, in percentage profit that operators earn or gross profit that operators earn. But uh, it really has been remarkable. And so you can listen to this about, about again, a, a, a course of leadership, a course of persistence, a course, course of commitment that, you know, Cade is following and is representative of all sorts of other amazing young leaders in our, in our program that are, that are getting the opportunity to become leaders. Again, not always in the operator role, but in a PM role or a crew chief role or, or learning and developing underneath these amazing leaders. Just amazing, um, you know, Cade coming on and sharing this. I, I hope you love our conversation and you know why we have them. We have them to so that people share and learn about our program so that maybe you know 
an amazing young leader and you can refer them to us. You can send them to studentworks.com. You can share this podcast. You can send me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. Have a super fantastic day. Thanks so much. Hey, Cade, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. Awesome. No, really excited. Really excited to have you. And and so why don't we go back to before you know Cade ever heard about Student Works? You know who was who was Cade? What were you? What were you? What were you up to? What were you doing? Yeah. So so going into university, um, I started off in electrical engineering, and uh, really going into that year. You know, I knew I wanted to do engineering. I was kind of deciding between business and engineering itself, decided to go with that route. But I really didn't know what I wanted to do through school, even if I wanted to do electrical engineering. I thought about a couple different things, but kind of just went through the first year, you know, deciding that route and just really going with it. You know, didn't have an actual plan in place. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the end, just really didn't know what I was going to do. Right. When was the first time you heard uh, about StudentWorks? So actually, uh, one of my good friends, uh, his name is Tyson. We had been uh, great friends all through high school, played sports together. Um, He came over to my house one night for for a party. And I really want to stay in Fredericton, um, where I live now for university, uh, for work and such. And I just didn't want to move back to my hometown. And so I was just talking to him about applying to different jobs. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he was actually a production manager in uh, Dustin Taylor's business, who was the, uh, the last operator here in Fredericton. Right. So he was telling me about how he loved painting, how he had been doing it for the past two summers, how it was really just a super fun job. Mm-hmm. And so from there, of course, I applied. Dustin brought me on his team. Had a really great first summer, you know, was on a crew with uh, one of my best friends, uh, got to work a lot with Tyson as well, too, and really just learned the uh, the trade itself, painting decks, doing a lot of exterior projects, and then, of course, a lot of interiors, too. Okay. So that's a really great entree, you know, like working with one of your great buddies and working with Tyson, who obviously you're friends of, and then working with with Dustin, who's obviously a great leader as well in, in the business, and uh, Dustin, Dustin Taylor and Fredericton. So that that year about about painting when did it when was it brought up the idea that maybe you could be a production manager for that next coming summer did you discover that during the year that that might be an opportunity you'd want yeah definitely dustin at that time was uh transitioning from the operator role to kind of the uh the mini district manager role right so he was looking for uh key individuals in the province and uh, atlantic canada to of course move into that kind of position and I believe, I think it was about a month into the job, he had brought it up to me on one of the job sites about uh, possibly operating in Moncton or St. John or figuring something out in Fredericton. And at first I looked at him and I said, are you crazy? I couldn't run a business myself. I thought I thought this guy was a lunatic. I was like, what is he saying? Like, I just came here to paint and hang out with my friends. <laughs> Little did I know, but <laughs> that was uh, over two years ago at this time now. Right. And uh, really, he would just keep on bringing it up to me. And at one point, I was actually applying for a couple of different electrical engineering jobs because I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to be a painter forever. This doesn't really make sense. You know, I yeah. really enjoy the job. It's a lot of fun, but I need to start getting serious about a career. 
Right. Okay. And so I had actually gotten a position at um, the Department of Transportation here in New Brunswick for an electrical engineering job. Okay. And Dustin kind of sat down with me on the back of his truck. And I remember this day so vividly and just kind of told me what it was all about. Mm-hmm. You know, how, you know, he saw me becoming an operator, saw me running a business, so on and so forth, and really just enrolled myself in, you know, the dream and the possibility of actually running that business to the point where I actually turned down that electrical engineering job. Awesome. So it was pretty enticing. And after that, like I had said, um, I finished off the summer with him. And from there, instead of becoming a full-time operator in the, one of the other cities, mainly because I didn't want to travel for, for school purposes, um, I joined Dustin's business as kind of like an upper level, ma- level manager, almost like a, a hybrid production and sales manager. Awesome. So why don't we hold off there? So that's, that's really cool. So why don't we sit back and just, just uh, you know, one question as you're telling me this is, what does it, what did it feel like, or what really does it feel like to have actually someone see in you what Dustin saw in you? What does that feel like? I mean, to me, it felt, it felt great, honestly, because I didn't really believe in myself at that point. Yeah. You know, my, one of the biggest things with me was um, that I found not only my mindset, but in the beginning was my, uh, my self-doubt about it. You know, yeah. um, I was like, man, like I said at the start, when he asked me, I thought it was crazy because I didn't yeah. think that ever I could run a business. It has always, it always been like an aspiration of mine. Yeah. You know, that's always something that I wanted to do eventually. But I thought, you know, I'm in university. I'm young. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no way I could do this. hundred percent. So then yeah. finally having that conversation with Dustin where he, you know, he, he saw, he believed in me and that yeah. it almost made me, um, you know, believe in myself in the end and actually yeah. seeing, you know, the, the dream was possible. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really great. And, and, um, you know, one of the things as well is, is I know what's true is there were a whole bunch of candidates Dustin could have had that conversation with. And he had it with you. Not saying he didn't have it with other people, but I'm sure you can go ask him, hey, what did you think? Did you really think that? And he'd say, oh, yeah, I really thought that. And here's some reasons why I thought that Dustin, sorry, that Cade, you know, you could become um, a success doing this. So that must that must feel really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did at the time, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really awesome. And 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 it's interesting, just so you know, like, you know, again, um, I heard about you well before I met you, because I heard about you when I would work with Dustin and I'd hear about, you know, you know, just, just how he was doing or what I had different coaching conversations and, and just about the things that you were creating in, in your business uh, uh, with, with him, not, not as a painter, just so we're clear, but when you, when you sort of took on the, you know, sort of assistant manager or production manager, sales manager role, et cetera. So, so why don't you describe to our, to our leaders listening, the types of things that you were doing in Dustin's business? Yeah, so so that second year, um, I think I signed my contract with him. I'm pretty sure like uh, end of September, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, just got super geared up for that year. Read the operator's manual, read a couple different mindset books, stuff like that. Was just kind of getting ready. The first kind of glimpse that I had that got me really excited um, about the whole year was January training. Right. Um, it, it was unfortunate it had it had to be online. Yes. I was really looking forward to the in person yeah. one, but. I mean, it was still amazing online. I was I was enrolled before and really loved the idea, but really after JT seeing the energy and getting my first glimpse into, you know, running the business and helping Dustin run the business, you know, that's where, where I really shot off. After JT, 
I uh, started in estimates, I think like early February, mm-hmm. um, Dustin trained me up on a couple estimates and pretty much started doing estimates from then until the end of the summer. And then of course, helped with recruiting, helped with the actual training of the painters and also uh, producing pretty much, I want to say I was probably on 90% of the jobs last year doing different stuff, managing right. crews, dealing with clients and also just ensuring quality too. Fantastic. So, so if we think back on, on your second year, which is last year, so, so, so last year, how much of the business of Dustin's business did you sell? Uh, I think in the end, we, we had sold around 360. We only produced, I think like 330 or 340. I'd, I'd have okay. to go check, but I think I sold somewhere around 170. So great. So fantastic. So you sold 170,000. And as you mentioned, it had a, a huge uh, part of getting all that work produced, a huge part of, of, of recruiting the team and, and, and getting the, the, the team committed. So, so obviously, just an enormous advantage in coming into what was this your rookie year. You know, so, 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 you know, you were, uh, this is kind of your, your, your rookie year. So what did you see possible last year at the end of last summer coming into this year? Uh, really one of the only things I had in mind was going for rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I knew I had experience under my belt with the sales, with managing crews, with teaching people, uh, that, that kind of first taste I had at it, I had failed a lot at different things. Right. You know, that was probably one of the hardest things is, you know, falling on my face and getting back up. And so I knew I had failed at a lot of those things. But in the end, I had also learned a lot of things in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I felt more comfortable in kind of, you know, believing myself to go for that, go for that goal, because I just had a lot of that experience under my belt. And so moving in, you know, really, I just wanted to be in, in the end, you know, number one. <laughs> Yeah, here, why don't we go down that and then we'll come back. Uh, that tangent is is just, you know, what what's your thought on, you know, do you think it would have been possible to be rookie of the year had you not had the goal of of really being rookie of the year or really committed to being rookie of the year? No, I don't think so. Cause I think another thing that was glaring me in my face was complacency. Mm-hmm. Was this whole kind of idea where like I, I know it all. Mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah. I think that's the number one thing I was worried about because I thought that I would become complacent where I thought I knew everything, where I thought I would just sit down and expect it to come to me. Yeah. And so going into that year, I had that, that, you know, of course, like you always say, big, big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. But I knew that the only way that I could achieve that was by actually putting in the work again. And so I knew I had that experience, but I also tr- did try to treat it, you know, of course, like my first year, like I knew nothing Yeah. to try to relearn all the systems, to try to learn it from the bottom down. So then that way I wouldn't come complacent and wouldn't just, you know, expect it to come to me essentially. Right. Right. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And, and so, so when you think of that, you know, sort of that second year, you know, in, in your production manager, sales manager role, what were some of the setbacks that you encountered or what were some of the challenges that you encountered, Cade? That, that you overcame and now you saw differently as a result of them? I think it'd just be easier to make a list of the things that I didn't, I didn't have <laughs> challenges with. <laughs> no, but I remember uh, one of the, one of the harder things for me at the start was sales. I mean, you could call Dustin and ask him about my first eight point phone call, which is of course the estimate set up phone call. And right. I sounded like 
horrible. <laughs> I go by, I went back and listened to the recording and I'm mumbling my words, hopping over everything. And just thinking going from that point where, you know, I could barely talk to somebody on the phone yeah. to, of course, you know, going and selling this much work and doing this much. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And same thing, even going to the actual estimates, I really struggled with those at the start. I think there was a point in like end of February, March, where over a three year week period, I had only sold like a thousand dollars worth of work. So about like $300 a week, which, yeah. which it really, really isn't much, honestly. And I kind of sat down with Dustin. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know, like what's, what's wrong with me? Like yeah. struggling so hard with this. I had had some pretty good success. I don't really remember what, what I had sold at that point. Um, right long time ago but after that i just knew that i had you know pick myself up from my bootstraps get going put in more estimates and i think after that three week period where i'd only sold a thousand dollars i had went and sold like ten or twelve thousand dollars that next week awesome and so it was just all about you know putting in the work you know getting those failures in because during that three week period i was still consistently doing estimates but i just wasn't booking anything right and so I just thought to myself, I knew that if I kept on going, kept on putting in the reps, that yeah. eventually, you know, it would all come around and I would start, you know, back up to book things again. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, you know, there's, there's no question anybody who achieves things that are great in this world have setbacks. It's not going great. It's, 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 there's going to be challenges and what are we going to do to overcome them? And I'm sure as well at that time as well, I'm sure Dustin was also providing coaching and providing feedback and okay what's not going well one of the things i know we all often do is listen to you know those setup calls and then you know at the end you know find out what happened why the client didn't book and then coach people on what 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 we could have said differently or what's what was what was missing you know so i'm sure those those types of things uh happened uh that, that, during that time as well oh yeah it was, it was huge dustin was a huge help as you know almost like uh well not district manager but just coaching me in the same yeah. way as a district manager would coach an operator Absolutely. you know helping me come to the, my own conclusions asking me questions around it and really just you know making me see for myself you know what were the mistakes i made how could i do that differently you know how could i have handled this objection that objection stuff like that and so Really, you know, over that three period, I think that he was one of the main reasons that I did get out of that, you know, kind of slump almost because he was just coaching me back each time I, you know, messed up on one of those estimates. He was just coaching me, you know, hey, this is what you could do differently. You know, maybe yeah. you can try this next time. And really, I think that's, you know, one of the main reasons I, how I got out of it. Yeah. And even during the actual summer as well, too, uh, before going in, he said, yeah, like the preseason, the breeze compared to the summer. <laughs> And once again, I was like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> and it was probably like 10 times harder than the preseason. Like you yeah. go in there and then it just, it hits you in the face. You're working 60, 70 hour weeks at the start, you know, yeah. just going from seven in the morning till seven at night. Like it's really a grind. And I think that's, you know, pretty much what you can sum it down to. But before I started this, my, uh, my dad said to me, he said, you know, your dreams are 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you know, unless you put in the work, you know, nothing's going to happen. So yeah. I always thought about that during production, whereas, you know, you just got to keep on going, keep on going, yeah. Yeah. get through it. Hey, leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, 
well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. And it's, and it's quite overwhelming as well. Like, you know, uh, the, that first time you experience it in many ways, again, that was, you, you know, last year, although you're rookie of the year this year, last year was really in many ways that first experience of it. And so, so it, it is overwhelming taking all this on and, and, and again, managing the, the number of team members you had, like last, last year, how many team members did, did you and Dustin manage? Oh, I think we steadily were around like 10, 11, 12, yeah. pretty much the tail end. I mean, maybe got down to nine, but that was right. the end of the summer. But I think consistently around like 10 to 12 painters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of personalities, a lot of people that you, that you manage. So coming back uh, to last summer. Okay. And so you're experiencing, you know, that season, you, you, you've decided to come do it or maybe last fall. What were you working on, you know, recruiting wise, you know, to sort of help put this summer together, you know, because this season, obviously, we're hoping to complete up, upwards of around $330,000, $340,000 for the business. I think that's roughly the number. So what were you, obviously, a big part of that is having a fantastic team. So, so what were you doing recruiting wise? Yeah. So end of last summer, I was reaching out to who is currently my, uh, my operations manager or the hybrid sales production manager. Yeah. Her name is Skyler. And so we had worked, uh, Skyler and myself, two years ago, we're actually on the same crew. Okay. Steam. So we started off painting together, learned painting. We were super good friends. And so uh, I said to her, and she was also last year, like uh, an assistant production manager, crew chief kind of thing for, for one of Dustin's crews. So I knew she was an amazing painter, had a great work ethic, had a great attitude. So I approached her and said like, hey, you know, I'm going to do my own thing with the operator, you know, would you like to come on and kind of be a similar role to what I was for Dustin this year? Right. And so kind of just enrolling her in that idea, she came back and then also just, you know, reaching out to a couple other friends, a couple other people who work for Dustin and just really trying to get a really solid team set up for the summer. Cause obviously in the end, you know, no matter who you are, you can't do everything yourself. You can't go market, sell, and produce the job yourself that would just be that would just be crazy <laughs> so i knew that one of the key ways of coming into the year was just establishing and getting a really great team together absolutely absolutely and so so in one way as well that we can we can share with people about again that your success is not just your success is like dustin a big part of dustin's success last year was your efforts and this year a big part very identifiable of your success is skylar's effort so how much of the business has skylar been able to uh to to sell and then also be part of on the production side 
Yeah, so she's, I'd have to go look at it, but I think it's probably somewhere around like 130 or 140,000 awesome. out of the, uh, the 330, 340 there. So definitely, you know, she was really, to put it simply amazing. You know, yeah. she, she did a fantastic job struggled at sales a little bit at the start hopefully mm-hmm. she's not listening to this <laughs> i'm sure she will <laughs> yeah i'm sure she will <laughs> but no after about may you know she really soared off i think in the month of may she sold like 70 or 80k yeah. really started to get a handle on things yeah. um, with production like i had said she was uh you know the past two years also with dustin so you know she's really went in there with flying colors was fantastic really helped me move into you know that bigger business role where she could always be there to support me be there to help me obviously i was doing more of the administrative side more of the planning scheduling side of things so she was always a great help to be on the job site everybody loves her you know the painters love her the clients love her you know really really in the end i don't think that i could have done you know rookie of the year without her 100%. 100%. You know, it, was, it was really, you know, she was such a large part of the business that, you know, really, like you said, you can't do it all yourself. So yeah, you know, give, give a lot of that to her. <laughs> 100, no, 100%. And, and by the way, as well, like one of the things as well is just one of the things you said, and I caught you was, was, uh, oh, she really struggled. And, 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 you know, and then, oh, gee, I, you know, hope she doesn't listen. Well, no, actually, that's what's, that's what we, I think really as leaders, we need to revel in our struggling like like just like that's great like like one of the things i i often say is is that you know top performers don't get knocked down enough you know our society isn't good with you know people struggling and you know having setbacks and having really real hard challenges not oh i didn't get a 90 i got an 85 no i i actually lost money on a job or i actually oh i booked a job and they turned it away or wow we had a problem and and worked through it to satisfy a customer but it was really hard or who knows all the different things that we struggle with or as you were saying for three weeks in a row i went out did all sorts of estimates and only booked a thousand dollars that's really struggling and that makes us way much, way, way better, that, that, that struggling, because then, you know, again, we, we draw out the lessons and, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore because there were, there were things that you were doing that wasn't what weren't getting you the results. And for Skylar, there were things that she was doing or things she needed to do that all of a sudden got her those results. And now she's, she's, she has a whole different skill set because of it. So, uh, yeah, no, so I, I, I agree. Just the, the whole idea of, you know, learning from your failures, obviously, you know, it can be hard sometimes in the business, especially where you fail and lose a thousand dollars on a job. Yeah, you know, obviously that has huge repercussions and, uh, you know, impacts, but really that's, that's the number one thing I love about the business is that it's such a great environment to foster growth and really foster learning from, you know, cause you're, there's, there's nothing like I've ever done this before between engineering school, different experiences. And, you know, that's the number one thing is you're constantly learning, you're constantly failing, you know, even, you know, I was talking to Conrad the other day, who was, who was my district manager. And I think he's now had eight years with the program. Yes. And he even said, you know, like, I'm, I'm still learning things. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm still failing. I'm still learning. And so I've just always had this idea of just being a lifelong learner that, you know, even if you struggle or even if you fail at things, you know, learning from them and getting through them, you're going to get better. Absolutely. You're going to, you know, become a better person, better leader, better worker because of it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I think Conrad's so right. I, I feel the same way. I just, I want to keep getting better. There's so much more to learn. There's so much more to get better at. And, uh, and, and the roads, you know, you n- never climb the biggest hill. There's just more and more to get there. And then once, once you do, then you got to do it all over again. <laughs> so, so there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, what stopping or parking on success Avenue. So I think that's really great just to get it and sort of, and again, you know, really, be pleased by it, you know, that, 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 you know, sort of been pleased by the contribution that we make, pleased by, by, by the, the, the challenge that it is, you know, and that's one of the things that it is. It's, and, and it, and as a result, it feels really good when, you know, you kind of, I guess we're taping this August 10th. So it's, it's like, oh, wow, we're, you know, a few more weeks of the season and, and we're going to be complete. Isn't that amazing? So, so, um, uh, Kate, what, what happens would someone want to steal from you? I think the two main ones would probably be uh, just my my communication, you know, for for daily in the business, but also with other people. You know, I try to make myself available, you know, as best as possible whenever a worker, whenever a client, whenever whoever calls me. You know, I always just try to keep constant lines of communication open mm-hmm. um, just to keep everybody on the same page, uh, keep the workers on the same page. And also just make sure that everybody knows, you know, what's going on and everything's clear in the end. And uh, probably, probably my problem solving as well, too. Uh, I know a lot of people are, they'd rather do sales and have a production manager. I would think I'd rather run production and have a sales manager in the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> just because I love being on the job sites. I love collaborating with the painters. I love problem solving. And so I'd say those are probably the two habits, you know, that someone wants to steal from me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I, I love, I love that. I love that. Um, and, uh, and, um, you, you know, and, and like, like you said, you're, you're correct. I think there's a lot more team members that we have or, or who, who are more on the sales space in this company. So it's, it's really great having you as a, as a leader and coming in as a business coach this year um, with, with sort of a, a different, a different mindset around that, a different, a different uh, uh, strength, because that's one of the things as well about a, a, about a company, the more people we have who have different strengths, the better. Uh, and one thing that engineers often are, are really great problem solvers. So that's one of the great things about, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, an engineering degree. So, so anything else you'd like to share with our, with our leaders, any, 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 uh, any other wisdom uh, for, for us? Ah, uh, really, really in the end of it, you know, whatever venture it is in life, you know, whether it's student works, whether it's, you know, different business, stuff like that in school, even, I think that the, the number one thing you can do is really just work hard. You know, I think that if you put in the time, put in the effort, put in the hours, you know, things will naturally start coming to you, whether that be work, jobs, employees, you know, just really putting yourself out there. For example, my my business this year was pretty much all referrals, you know, all people who are coming back in the business who are referring people and just putting yourself out there just saying, hey, you know, I'm doing this, I'm running this business, you know, would you be interested in this product or be interested in doing me? And so the hard work, but also, you know, the communication and just the openness and, you know, creating opportunity for yourself through discussing different businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. And so to clarify, what you mean is, is that the workers and the team members were almost all referrals. 
Is that yeah. what this? Yeah. So, so, yeah. and just so everyone knows, again, that's the most important thing to any business is the amazing people. So it, and then if we have, and again, one thing that to highlight Kate is, is very clearly your, your relationship person, your relationship guy, as it were, but you know, you, you speak about, oh, I worked with Todd Schuyler and I worked with, with, with Dustin and, and it, and, and so then those relationships carry on. Right. And it's really, really helpful. And then you get other people who like working with you and they all come together. And then again, the, the business, the, the culture of the business really works. You know, and I know Dustin was in a different territory in Fredericton. And I and I know, uh, you, you know, often you guys would get together and, and, and have, have, have team events, et cetera. So that's something as well that really, really works to support a really great culture in the business. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. I think I think culture is another thing too that you know is really exciting and really brings team members together you know i love to uh you know hang out with people work hard play hard of course that's one of our number one slogans or saying and i think that it can be you know overstated how important that is one of my favorite things is going to payroll events meeting people meeting different operators and you know i think that that culture that's in that's in student works for all the operators you should really try to reflect that in your business you know, becoming a family, you know, becoming team members. Yeah. And really just allowing everybody to mesh together, not only for yourself, but just for your for your workers as well, too. Uh, you know, getting them to know each other, getting them to hang out. I know that through, you know, the program, I've met so many, you know, important people and also had, like you said, so many relationships just with like different workers, um, different operators and stuff like that. And so just having that within your business, everybody get along. I think it's just in the end, so beneficial. Awesome. Awesome. So final question, when you think of the leader of tomorrow, what do you think of what comes to mind? I think that, uh, you know, for me, a leader is, is somebody who, who collaborates um, you know, I, I think that delegation is is very important in any business, but I think that also collaboration is very important. Right. So, you know, when people call them, help them come to a solution. Don't just say, you know, bug off, go do it yourself. Yeah. You know, help them come to a solution, help them come to an answer and just really collaborate with people. And also, uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to step in sometimes and help out with the work. You know, whether it's in our business painting, don't be afraid to step in and help paint sometimes or really if it's if it's any other business. You know, I think that, you know, whenever people see, you know, their quote unquote boss or their their leader come in and help them, you know, solve a problem or help them finish a task, finish a task. I think that people grow, grow a lot of respect for that person because they look, oh, wow, you know. Dustin or Chris, you know, or whoever, you know, they're not afraid to get into the the nitty gritty of things and, you know, really, really lead us to the, to the end with it. Absolutely. I can't, can't agree more. So, uh, so we did this podcast ahead of the, uh, the operator banquet. Um, so you're going to officially uh, win the award then, but uh, congratulations <laughs> on, on such an amazing season. Congratulations to your team and all the team members you know, and, uh, you know, excited about what you're going to continue to create in our business moving forward. So, uh, you know, congratulations and keep crushing it. Awesome. No, I really appreciate the, uh, the invitation on the podcast and, uh, hopefully banquet night will be a lot of fun and, uh, I know <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet. It will be, I'm sure. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.